States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles. They are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? 
a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. We'll have a scripture read, which will be Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 38 through 48. And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon to everyone. May we all take a moment, bow our hearts and minds and let us thank our Heavenly Father, Yahweh, who has seen fit to bring us all together one more time. And we appreciate, Yahweh, all the many wonderful things and blessings that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us. We're very thankful. We, we know that before we came in contact with this teaching, we were in total darkness. 
we knew nothing about you and now you have just taken us out of the world and taken us out of that darkness and shown us something about your purpose, pattern and plan. And we appreciate all the many things that you have done for us and the great sacrifice that was involved in you taking on that physical body and going through that death, peril, and resurrection and bringing us close to you through a knowledge and understanding and through receiving of that Holy Spirit, which is the greatest gift of all. And these things we thank you for in Yahshua the Messiah's most holy name. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, class. I will be reading the scripture from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities in various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland, Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting at verse 38. And ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? If ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not the heathen do the same? Be therefore impartial, even as your father, which is in heaven, is impartial. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Bruce Geller and Dr. Jerry Geller. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class and Dr. Andrea Volpe from our Oceanside, California class. And and speakers, please be advised there'll be a five-minute warning sign uh, on your screen, please acknowledge when you've seen the sign. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Melissa Maloney from our Green Bay, Wisconsin class. Wow, hello, can everybody hear me? We can. Okay, yes. Thank you. I was definitely not even the slightest expecting that. <laughs> it was going to be like my husband or something. Um, oh, it's been, it's been a whirlwind in our world here. Um, and uh, Yashua has been working on me a lot. And the mystery of iniquity 
has been working on me a lot. And the thing I've been struggling with a lot, um, all I can give you is a testimony, but that's all I can do. But the thing that's been working on me a lot is the mystery of iniquity. He's been causing me to doubt, um, to doubt everything from, is, there, is this real? Is Yahweh real? Um, am I a son? You know, um, just a little background story for those of you that may not know um, me and Greg, but um, just about seven and a half weeks ago, we lost our uh, baby daughter. And it was it was a hard trial um, to go through um, just the motions of everything that happened, you know, watching her pass and then having them finally say, you know, this is, you know, her heart has stopped, you know, um, to everything that happened after. And it's it's caused me to really turn my thoughts from being consumed in the flesh, which I was, I got really sidetracked with everything. And now I find myself just literally begging Yahshua, just literally begging him every day for relief, for salvation from this trial, to give me some hope. Um, the mystery of iniquity has me doubting that I'm a son. He has me doubting that Yahweh's even real. It's just, it's, it's so crazy how powerful that mystery of iniquity is. And today, just right before class, we went on, um, we went to a blizzard game. It's an arena football game. And there's a couple thousand people sitting in there. And I turned and asked my husband, I said, how many people do you think are in here? And he said, a couple thousand, definitely over 2,000. And it was the first time that I sat and thought to myself, out of these 2,000 people that are in here, me, my husband, and one one other person, which was my nephew, Marshall, are the only ones that have ever been invited down to class. The only ones that really truly care about the name Yahweh, and more importantly so, the name of Yahshua. And it made me just pause for a moment and I thanked Yahshua. I thanked him for even giving me that thought that I had an appreciation of even knowing the names because this mystery of iniquity, oh my God, he is working overtime, like just overtime. I can see it in lots of brethren. They are going through so much stuff. And I don't know if any of you went to the Chicago Symposium, but they had a testimonies night and everybody got about five minutes to give a testimony. And there were brethren that were going through so much. There was one brethren from Southfield, Michigan, that in three months lost his grandma, his wife, his daughter, and his daughter's mom, all within three months, his, his entire fleshly world was taken away from him. And he said, the only thing that keeps me strong is Yahshua. Because if it wasn't for Yahshua, I wouldn't be here. And these past couple weeks, like I said, the mystery of iniquity has just been really, really hard on me. And I know a lot of brethren have been talking to me and 
And, and the thing is, is I care about my soul. I care about what's going to happen to it. And I pray with every fiber of my entire being that Yahshua just shows me that I am a son and that, and that he, he will take care of me no matter what. Cause I have just so much fear. And I know, I know deep down that is the mystery of iniquity. And I know deep down that he is just, you know, the yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. My aunt Jen from green Bay uh, was at my house. We were practicing guitar and I just, I just broke down to her. I just said, I can't, you know, there's some days where I feel like I just can't take anymore. And it's in those moments that she said, you just gotta tell the mystery of iniquity, just get off, get off of you because it's his job to distract you. And it's his job to cause you to doubt. And, you know, in one way, doubt is hard because it makes you question everything. But in another way, I'm noticing that you know what it's causing me to do? It's causing me to turn to Yahshua, 100% turn to Yahshua. I am now at the point where I say, Yahshua, it's always been in your hands. It's in your hands now. You just have to take over because I cannot do it. You just have to take over. And I find myself watching YouTube classes all day long, reading transcripts, uh, reading the Bible, listening to class music. I'm not even, I haven't watched the news in forever. And I used to be a news person every single day. You know, now it's in the morning. I'm turning on Oceanside YouTube or Tampa or any of them. And I'm listening to these lectures in Southfield, Michigan. And, you know, they have these transcripts where you can listen to Dr. Kinley and read the transcript at the same time, which is phenomenal. I love it. But, you know, so doubt, you know, it can be a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing because I'm recognizing now that because I am doubting and because I am questioning and because the mystery of iniquity is on me so hard that I find myself literally just turning to Yahshua. And that is an absolute blessing because I cannot imagine, you know, now as I'm sitting here talking about it, I guess, you know, I can't imagine if I wasn't a son, just thinking about it, why would I turn to Yahshua, you know? So I guess that's just a cool witness Yahshua's just giving me right now, because why would I, the mystery of iniquity is not going to call on Yahshua. He's not going to call and be like, Yahshua, help me. He's going to turn to the booze and he's going to turn to the drugs and he's going to turn to whatever he can do in the flesh to numb himself. And, and that's not what I'm doing. I'm turning to Yahshua. That's kind of cool. Um, one scripture that um, Romans, can we get Romans 1 and 16? Romans 1 16. I'm looking for it right now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Let's um yeah. Yeah, just pick it up right there. Because you know, in all honesty, class and Yashua is all we got. And I keep telling myself, like, you know, I have all kinds of things that I'm doing in the flesh. Um to try to, to try to help me. You know, I have things, sticky notes on my mirror telling me, you know, Yashua's got everything under control. I'm not going to let fear run my life. You know, Yashua has everything happen for a reason. 
Yahshua is my salvation, just kind of just always trying to turn my thoughts to Yahshua. But the power is always and has always been in Yahshua's hands. And my treasures are not laid up in this world. My treasures are, I want my soul to be saved. I want eternal life, you know, like the 10th aim to inherit eternal life now. I want that. And I would hope and pray that every person on this planet would want that. We were at the Blizzard game and all these people were yelling and screaming at these football teams. And I turned to my husband, I said, too much, too bad. They didn't have that much zeal for the creator of the universe as they do for this football team, you know? But now, you know, it's just, oh, it's just, it, this fleshly stuff doesn't matter, you know? Of course, I want a family. Of course, you know, I want children. But ultimately, if I don't get it, you know what? As long as my soul is saved and Yahshua is with me, that's what really matters. That That's the treasure that I want. I, I, I will no more remember the pain of this flesh when it's gone, you know? Um, so, yeah, if you get Romans 116. Romans 116. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Yahshua. For it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. You know, I'm sitting here like saying these words. <laughs> and like Yahshua was just kind of telling me things as I'm just talking here. But we are not in any any bit ashamed of the gospel and the gospel is the death the burial and the resurrection of yashua and you know what we can find stability in the gospel and that we're not ashamed to tell people and we're not ashamed to stand strong in it because we know after a death we know after a burial there will be a resurrection we don't know what it's going to look like we don't know how long it's going to take you know all we can do is sit and hold on and just hold on. I've been telling people I'm hanging on by a thread right now. I'm just hanging on by that thread. And all the brethren love has helped, has helped so much. But ultimately, I know, and this is why I keep praying to Yashua. I know he is the one and only one that can help me. I can have people from the flesh tell me things over and over again. I can put sticky notes on my mirror and read them all day long. I can take my antidepressants. I can try to talk myself out of my panic attacks, but ultimately I can't do any of it. I literally have to turn it over to Yashua and say, Yashua, you have to help me. You are the only one that can do this. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to do that. People ask me all the time, how are, you know, they, they talk to me and Greg, I can't believe the strength that you guys have right now. I'd be in a loony bin. <laughs> I tell them, I tell them, oh, it's Yashua. It's the creator because you know what? I don't feel strong. I don't feel strong at all. But obviously his, his attributes are manifesting to a certain point through us. The people that are not in class are like amazed that 
we're doing what we're doing and holding on like what we're doing, but you know, they don't see what's behind closed doors either, but Yahshua is showing through. So we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of the death, the burial, the resurrection. And honestly, that is, that is our stability when we're going through things. I don't sit and I don't think, you know, oh, I'm never going to come out of this. You know, I may tell Yashua, I can't take anymore. You know, I can get those days where I'll say I can't take anymore. But ultimately, I know deep, deep down within my soul that there will be that resurrection. Can we go to, um, is it the first Corinthians where it talks about the, the gospel? Um, first Corinthians 15 and one. First Corinthians 15 and one. Mm-hmm. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and in which ye stand. Now look at, we stand in this gospel. When, when people look at us from the outside world, they say, how do you have this strength? You know what? it's not our strength it's Yahshua's and you know what we're standing in the gospel and it's not our gospel it's Yahshua's gospel this is his story everything that happens is for a purpose and it's for for him you know like I said there I went through I would say almost two years two years, you guys, of a dry spell in class where I didn't, I wasn't getting anything. I was getting consumed in the flesh. I just, I was not, my focus was not where it was supposed to be. You know what? Guess where it is now? It is right back on track where it should have been the entire time. Yahshua has caused me to turn my thoughts to him, to turn my attention to him, to to turn and just humble myself and just say, Yahshua, this, this is all you. You know, I think of Moses at the burning bush and how Yahweh called his name. And, and guys, the burning bush was not a physical bush. This was a vision that was specific to Moses and only Moses. If somebody else would have been around Moses, they wouldn't have seen this burning bush. But Yahweh caught his attention. And Moses said, I will now turn aside. He didn't physically turn his body. He was turning his mind. He was turning his thoughts. He was turning his intentions and paying attention to the creator. And that's what Yahshua does when we're going through trials. He takes us, he calls our name, whatever the trial is, I mean, there's people on here that have lost husbands and and spouses and kids. And, you know, this stuff's going to happen to us. We are in the world. It's going to happen to us. But what Yahshua is doing during those trials is, you know, if you are doubting, where do you turn to? Well, I'm turning to Yahshua. If you are struggling and needing help, where are you turning to? You're turning to Yahshua. Those thoughts, those intents, that focus goes right back to Yahshua where where it should have always been you know but so it says that the gospel is preached and we can stand in it we can stand in the fact that we know that there's going to be a death a burial and a resurrection okay and we stand strong in that you know when you look at your body for example your legs are really strong really strong like they tell you that if you're ever in a fight like if you're a woman 
and you're ever in a fight because somebody's trying to, you know, kidnap you or rape you or something like that, the best thing you can do is use your legs, kick them, right? Push them off with your legs because the lower half of your body, you know, where you stand has the most muscle in it. And it's, it can give you the most resistance and it can make, you know, you can build your, your legs so much stronger than what you can build your arms. It, it, you know, that's just how we are built. So you can stand, you can be strong, you can be upright and, and stand with, you know, good posture in this gospel. Okay. Keep going. Two. Two, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And we don't have this empty belief, you know. I'm thinking, I'm literally seriously thinking about going to a church and just reminding myself how far I have I have come. You know, I grew up in class, so I never I never grew up, you know, in Catholicism or, you know, in the outside world. But what I can tell you is I have been to funerals, I have been to weddings, um, and I have been to some services. And, you know, when you sit there and you think, wow, I have been pulled from that. Even growing up in class, there is no guarantee that you're going to be in the body of Yahshua. At some point, at some point, Yahshua is going to have to show you that you are a son, right? So you know, we don't want to believe this thing in vain or make it useless or empty or worthless or devoid of any value, right? We want to take this information. We want to take what Yash was showing us and hang on and hang on because the mystery of iniquity, like I said, he is running rampant and that's his job here. His job, you know, he's already got the world. When you look at this thing, and this purpose, he's got the world. He's got everybody in the churches. He's got everybody out there in the world already. But who he doesn't have is the sons. So you know what he's going to do? He's going to prick. He's going to pry. He's going to cause doubt. He is going to do anything he can to try to get you to turn your attention away from Yahshua. And I think of Job and all the things that Job went through. And all the stuff that was taken away from him. And not at one point did he ever say, Yahweh, I am done with you. He did not turn away from that. He stood strong. He stood in what he knew. And that was that Yahweh was going to be his salvation. And people even told him, just curse Yahweh. Be done with this. Just curse Yahweh. And he said, no, I am not going to do that. You know, and that's what I've been telling Yahshua through this whole trial. I've been telling him, I am angry. I am sad. I am heartbroken. I am going through all these fleshly emotions that are completely natural. But at no point am I ever saying to Yahshua, I hate you because I would never do that. That even like scares me even saying it hypothetically. You know, I'm not mad at Yahshua. I am not mad at him and I am not upset with him. And I know, I know he does everything for a reason, but it's one of these things that, yeah, we just have to be strong in what we know. And Job was a great example of strength. 
he had a lot of strength with all the stuff that he went through. He demonstrated that strength and people looked at him like he was crazy, but he did it. And he did it with the strength of Yahweh, because let me tell you, without Yahweh, he wouldn't have done it. You know, this mystery of iniquity. Oh, he is a good (laughs) devil, man. He's a good devil. And you know what? He was put here for a reason. And he was put here to deceive people and to get people to turn from Yahweh. But you know what? The one thing that he cannot take is your soul. He cannot take it. If you're in the body of Yahshua, it's done, signs, it's done. Bam. There is absolutely nothing he can do. He can play with the flesh. He can take things away. He can do all that kind of stuff to make you doubt, but he cannot take your soul. He cannot do it. That That is reserved to Yahshua and Yahshua only. Okay, so we're not going to believe this thing in vain. We can't believe it in vain because there's power in the gospel. There's power in the name of Yahshua. That's what the gospel is. It is Yahshua. It's Yahweh will be salvation through the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the glorification. So that power, if you need it, and you are crying, like I, I to tell Yahshua all the time, like there was one day, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was screaming in my house, just yelling, Yashua, you have got to help me. You have got to help me. I'm done. You have got to help me. And you know what? He does. He gives you little glimpses here and there. And it may not be enough to give you complete rest, but it's, it's enough to keep you hanging on. For a little bit longer. And then the mystery of Mickey's back on you. And you just turn your focus right back to Yahshua. Nope, I'm not going to do this. You know, I would lay at the couch and I would be watching these YouTubes and I would just be crying and I have it turned up and just try to focus on the YouTube lectures. <laughs> you know, you do what you can to get through those moments, you know, but ultimately it's Yahshua that's going to be your strength. And, and the power is only in the name of Yahshua. Yahweh will be salvation. And we don't always know what that rest is going to look like in the flesh or what he's going to give us. We don't always know what the salvation will be from a fleshly standpoint. But what we do know is when Yahweh will be salvation, it is unto your soul. And that's what really matters, you guys. That's what really matters. And I just hope and pray, you know, Oh, this trial has given me a deeper appreciation for the things that I have when it comes to Yahshua. I, you know, I was one of those people that sometimes would complain about things that would happen at class. But you know what? Now I'm just so thankful to even have a class to go to. I'm so thankful that he has me in a good class. I'm so thankful that he has given me his name. I'm so thankful that he gave me brethren around me and my husband that can that can be strong in these moments when I need it. You know, it's just, oh, I guess now that I'm sitting here talking, I feel like Yashua is just kind of giving me a little bit more rest because he's showing me that, gosh, Melissa, you do... <sighs> You do know more than, than the world does, and you do turn to me. 
But anyways, so we have to stay strong and we can't believe this thing in vain. And can you read the 10th aim really quick, please? To inherit eternal life now. That's the 10th aim. To inherit eternal life now in the now, kingdom. Yeah. Now he says that we need to. Now, Dr. Kinley, when he wrote these aims, he wrote them for a reason. Okay. These are goals. These are objectives of the class. And the 10th, the final one, okay? The final one is to inherit eternal life now. And how do we do that? We do that through Yahshua. He is the only, guys, he is the only way to salvation. There is no way we are going to have our soul saved by any other thing it's it's only yashua to inherit eternal life now keep going in the kingdom of yashua the messiah and this look at guys this earth plane that we walk around in this is not his kingdom okay this is the mystery of iniquity's kingdom and we know that because in revelations it talks about how there was a war in heaven and how Satan and his angels were cast down into the earth plane. And guess what? That's why we go through these things. That's why the mystery of iniquity can be beeping on you so bad. Okay? Because this is this is not Yahweh's kingdom. Okay? This is the mystery of iniquity. And it's his little playground. He is having a lot of fun. Okay? He is, he is playing with everybody. Okay? He's got people so distracted. And so confused, people don't even know who they are as people anymore. They don't know if they're male. They don't know if they're female. They don't know what religion they are. They don't, everybody's confused. He's the author of confusion. You know, he, this is his playground. So we want to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah. Keep going. With the hope of immortal glorification. And we have the hope of immortal glorification and you know what hope means? Hope is an expectation. It is something that you're expecting to happen. Because if you have Yahshua be in you now, you will be an eternal glorification. Because that's the ticket. You know, we always talk about how there's doors in all of these, you know, the law and the prophets. You know, there's doors everywhere, you know, in the ark. With Noah, there was a door. And you know what? All the animals, Noah, Noah's family, Noah's uh, sons and his son's wives, they all went through that door. And that door was the only door that would let them into that ark. And then Yahweh shut that door because that door was only open for a period of time. And then Yahweh shut it. Okay. And when the floods came, everybody Everybody, every creature, I was just reading this yesterday, every creature on the planet died, okay? And the only ones that lived were the ones that were in that ark. That's it. That's it. And they got in through a door. And it was not a big door, okay? This, this ark, in, in grand scheme of things, to have all that those animals and them in there, I mean, holy moly, I don't even know. It definitely was intervention there because... That's, that's a lot of stuff in that little, that little thing, you know, but the children of Israel, right? They got up to the Red Sea and 
there was not a door at that moment. And the children of Israel cried out and said, why did you bring us here to die? I mean, that's the mystery of iniquity was getting on them. Well, why did you do this to us? We would have been better off just being back there. At least we had this and at least we had that, right? And then what did Moses say? When Yahshua, the son of Nun, or Joshua, correctly was Yahshua, the son of Nun, you know, Moses stood there and he said, stand still. Okay, he wasn't telling them physically stand still. He was saying, in your mind, in your soul, stand still and just watch for this salvation that Yahweh's going to give you. And then what did Yahweh do? He parted the Red Sea and they went through. He provided a door. Okay. And that door, oh God, they were led through that door by light because there was a, a cloud that they followed. And it, and it was a it was a pillar of fire or light unto them. And it was darkness to the Egyptians that were following them. Yahweh provided them light through the door and he provided them a way through the door. And then as soon as they went through that Red Sea, the first thing that happened is that door, that Red Sea, that door, it shut. It was only open for those children to go through those that Yahweh chose, and then that door, it shut. And those Egyptians that were behind him, they were done. They were gone, okay? They, there was no salvation for them, none. They had their pleasures in this kingdom in Egypt when they ruled the, the, the sons. And Yahweh said that was, that was, they, were, they were done doing that. The sons went through that door, and then they got some rest, Okay, they got some rest. They murmured in the wilderness, but they got some rest. Okay, so Yahshua, when he comes along and he says, I am the door, I am the way. Well, what is he talking about? Because in the law and prophets, there was a door to salvation with the ark. There was a door um, through the Red Sea for the children of Israel. So Yahshua's coming in and he's saying, look, the law and prophets, they're my story. This is his story, right? He comes in, he says, I am the door. He says that because the only way we're going to be able to get to that immortal glorification, which the 10th theme is talking about, and where we can have that strength in the scriptures that it talks about is through Yahshua. And that door right now, it's open. He's, he's giving the Holy Spirit to people, and he has been since the day of Pentecost. But that door, Yahshua, that Holy Spirit, that where he's putting it in mankind, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be open forever, you know? So it's going to shut. And at that point, you're either in the body or you're not. You're either in the kingdom or you're not. So even if I don't get the things I want in this flesh, like my daughter, even if I lose, and I don't even want to say it because I have panic attacks about losing people. <laughs> I'm like seriously afraid. Like I, the, the walls just come down on me. It's just terrible. I don't know if anybody ever has panic attacks, but if even if I do end up losing more, I'll just put it that way. I 
as long as I know I got Yahshua, that's what I need. And that's what I've been praying Yahshua for through this whole trial. You know, Yahshua, I'm doubting right now. And I, I tell him that every day, Yahshua, I'm doubting. I'm doubting that I'm a son. Please just show me. You know, and some people, you know, crack jokes like, what do you want? Neon sign over your head or something. You know what I say? I don't know what I want. I just need him to show me. I need him to tell me and show me that everything is going to be okay. That I'm going to be okay. If I die, then my soul is going to be okay. That's what I care about. That's that's what I need from Yahshua. And I pray for it every single day. Um, and I'm sorry that I, I can't, you know, work with a lot more. All, all I can tell you is what's on my heart. And, and that's this. And, and it doesn't matter. You know, that's that's another thing I've learned through this trial. It does not matter if people like you as a speaker or not. It does not matter if you can run a line or not. It does not matter, you know, if people in class or outside of class like you or not, because the thing that really, truly matters, not to offend anybody if that stuff matters to you, but for me and what Yahshua has shown me, the things that matter are, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you believe Yahshua is your salvation? Are you sure, you know, are you sure about where you stand? You know, many years people would say, get your house in order. And I was always say, yeah, I feel strong. I feel confident in that. <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel good about that. And then Yahshua shakes your foundation a little bit. He shakes your world a little bit. And then he says, okay, how about now? Right. Are you still strong? Yeah, I feel, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. Yep. Still turning to him. Yep. And then, and then he shakes it a little bit more and he's going to give you trials sometimes that will bring you to your knees. Like that's this trial for me. It will bring you to your knees. And all we can do is turn and say, Yashua, I need your help. Yashua, you are my salvation. Yashua, just tell me that you care about me. Show me some way that you care about me because it doesn't matter what people think about you, you know, and, and I hope this is encouraging to some people, you know, cause I know some people get really, you know, they, they want people to like them and they want to be able to run these lectures and they want to be able to run these lines. And I like giving back and I, I personally enjoy it. And I feel like Yashua teaches me something every single time I have the opportunity, but you know, those things really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is that you are in the body of Yahshua. And I told Yahshua, I think it was like literally last week, I told Yahshua, I don't even care if I'm the little fungus on the toe anymore. I don't even care. Just put me in the body. I literally don't even care. I could literally be the, the snot coming out of the nose. You know, I don't care. I just want to be in the body. That's it, because I know that the only peace that I am ever going to have is within the body. So I hope somebody got something out of that. I'm going to I'm going to yield the floor and um, I hope I didn't offend anybody. My my whole goal is just just stay encouraged, you know, and try to remind yourself that, you know, things happen because Yashua wants them to happen. And, and the thing that Yashua is showing me right now is I am turning my attention back to the creator. And, and maybe 
that's what I needed. I needed my foundation shook a little bit harder. So I would say, you know what, Yashua, <laughs> you, you're the only one. You are my ticket. There is nothing I can do in the flesh. There's not anything anybody can say to me. It's got to be Yashua and it's got to be done with him because it's a personal thing between him and you and him and me. We all sit in our own tub. We all sit on our own bottom and we all got to have our own strength within him. So all praise and glory onto Yashua, honestly. And I appreciate being able to give back um, and give a testimony. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Maloney. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class. Good evening, everyone. There you go. Good evening. Thoroughly enjoyed the testimony of the first speaker. I could relate to a lot of what she was saying. I don't know um, how long I will be able to um, speak this evening. I am awaiting a call, <clears throat> possibly, from uh, things that I'm dealing with as far as families concerns. Um, but uh, I agree with her 100% that the only way that we are going through this life <clears throat> at the end of this age is with Yahshua in us. And it's only him in us that is allowing us to go through the things that he has put us through. And, you know, I have um, said that to him uh, when I lost my first husband and demanded that uh, he send him back <laughs> in my ignorance. Um, and I was mad um, that that had happened. I was angry. I was confused. Uh, I doubted why. Why do you, why do you allow, why did you allow this to happen? You know, what did I do wrong? <laughs> All of those things go through your mind. And it's just a natural thing that, uh, that happens to you. Rather it be the mystery of iniquity or just a natural physical thing that your body or your mind um, goes through. Not meaning that, uh, you know, you have the mystery of iniquity in you. But he pulls you out of that. He gives you comfort. Not that it ever goes away. It uh, becomes... Um, 
not as intense as the years go on. You, you learn to live with it. He allows you to learn to live with it. Those feelings of emptiness, those feelings of um, why, why, why. Um, but, you know, they, they just don't ever go away. Um, but he does allow you to live with it and to uh, trust more and more on him that he knows what's good for you um, more than you know. <clears throat> and uh, to keep asking why, why, why is, uh, you know, not really good for your, your well-being. And I've learned to stop asking why and start uh, trusting in Yahshua <clears throat> that he knows what he's doing. So for that, uh, you know, we have that gospel that uh, Melissa was talking about and how that we have that's the reason why we stand. And I like that, that she uh, made that reference of how that your legs are the strongest part of your body. Well, you have those two legs, which represent to me the law and the prophets. And that's what we stand on is those law and the prophets. And that you know, those are Yahshua's witnesses um, to the gospel, which is our salvation. Um, and, you know, that's, he has just given us so much to, uh, you know, to prove that he is real uh, and that he is our salvation. And, you know, I'm really sorry, but I'm just not feeling good tonight. Um, got a lot going on. And um, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, yield the floor. And um, peace and love in Yahshua to all. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Welch. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Greg Maloney from our Green Bay, Wisconsin class. Good evening, class. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I'm gonna continue with the train of thought, um, kind of like passing the baton. Uh, there's been a good foundation laid here and I'm just gonna continue with that train of thought then. If we could get um, if we could get Second uh, Corinthians uh, ten and three. Second Corinthians ten and three. Whenever you're ready. Yeah, go ahead. For though we walk in the flesh, 
we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through Yahweh to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Yahweh and bringing into our captivity every thought to the obedience of Yahshua. Yeah, and I'll have you stop there. You know, the first speaker talked about it. She talked about, um, you know, all the possessions in this world are not of value if her soul is going to be jeopardized. And obviously, I went through the same unfortunate experience as she did that, um, you know, losing our daughter. But Yahshua is causing us to go through these things in this world um, to build us up, to give us witnesses that we need to endure um, because Satan is relentless and um, he is going to do everything he can to try to antagonize you, try to cause doubt, He's going to just uh, be relentless. And he's so angry because he cannot do anything with your soul. Um, you know, Yahshua talks about in uh, Ephesians, the first chapter, it talks about the sealing process of your soul. You know, once you hear this, um, which is the truth, and then it gives you some trust and um, he gives you witnesses. And then after that, you believe, and then he seals your soul. I mean, that's a process that we all go through. Okay. But we do not. Okay. War after the things of the flesh. Okay. If we can get um, Ephesians uh, two and eight, please. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of Yahweh, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Yahshua, unto good works, with Yahweh, which Yahweh hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Thank you. I'll have you stop there. You know, I wanted to get this is because this is really what it's all about. By grace, okay, our souls are saved, okay? And that is, in itself, that is the gift, okay? The Messiah did not go through this death, this burial, and this resurrection, which Melissa got in 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and 4, that pattern, that process that he went through, he did not do it in vain. He gave that as a gift to us, okay? And he had to do the shedding of that blood, okay? Like it says, the blood of the Lamb of Yahweh. He had to go through that process because he was fulfilling uh, the shedding of the blood, you know, with the tabernacle. That priest was sprinkling blood. There always has to be... Uh, a shedding of blood, 
okay? And it talks about in um, Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Let's get that. Um, I believe it's verse 11 or 12. Let me see here. Why don't we start at nine and then we'll um, get down to 12 and talks about. Can you call that one more time? Or tell yeah, me what that was. Sure. Um, Hebrews nine and uh, nine. And then we're going to drop down to 12. Got it. Hebrews nine and nine. Mm -hmm. Which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Well, that's talking about the old covenant. You know, that process that was set up under the old covenant with the tabernacle, that process of offering up those gifts, all right, and sacrifices would not, okay, do anything for uh, the man's conscience. It wouldn't, it wouldn't change the fact, okay? Um, drop down to 12 then, please. 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And that's talking about Yahshua. He's the one that had to enter in, and he only had to do it once, like it says. And he needed to do that in order to have that redemption for us. His blood had to be shed. Okay, keep going. 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling on the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Yahshua, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to Yahweh, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living Elohim? Exactly. So it was through Yahshua that caused that process to happen. And it and that's how we get, that's how Pentecost, after Pentecost process happened, all right, we now have access to the Holy Spirit. And we now have access to the truth. We now have access to that that uh, that rest state we're looking for, okay? I know the next stage is going to be the true rest stage, but just not having Satan constantly uh, toying with your soul, that will bring peace to you. That will allow you to be a part of that spiritual kingdom that we're all striving for. We all are attending this organization because we want... Melissa got um, Noah, Noah in the ark. You know, that's soul salvation. That's what we want, okay? We're carrying our vessels around in this body, and we want that soul, okay? Just like that ark with Noah and his family, we want Yahshua to save our souls, okay? Um, and this thing is by grace and mercy. If we can get... Um, Luke, the 16th chapter, 
And if you can start at verse 19, please. Luke 16 and 19. Mm -hmm. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores. So I'll just have to stop there, um, Linda. So basically, you know, just to set this up, there is two men in complete contrast uh, states and conditions. One has the riches of the world, okay? The, the fine linens like it talks about. All right, the, the, the things of the world that people are, are pleased with, okay, from a natural standpoint. But then there's another man on the other spectrum, and that's Lazarus. And he's a beggar. He's just trying to survive <laughs> his everyday lifestyle, okay? And, uh, um, and he, he got to the point, he didn't have a welfare system like we have now, okay? <laughs> when you're down and out and you need help, you can, you can get assistance to subsidize your income, okay? If you meet certain criteria. Okay, back then they didn't have a welfare system. You had to literally lay there, okay, and beg for, for food or money, okay? It was a much different uh, state and condition. Okay, keep going. 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they who would pass from here to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from there. Okay. Then he said, I'll have, Thank you. I'll have you stop there. Okay. So it, it's just going through the process and explaining how, you know, uh, the rich man, he wanted, okay, even though he had all the fine things in this world, he wanted to be in the presence or in the state and condition that Lazarus ended up being in you know, once he passed away. It's the complete contrast, you know, circumstances. And, and I got that because it doesn't matter what you experience in this world. It really doesn't matter. Um, if we want to get uh, Matthew 16 and 26, please, next. And it doesn't matter what you experience in this lifetime because um, if, your, if your soul is going to be saved, okay, you can experience every tormented situation, okay, <laughs> like, like, like Lazarus, and it'll be okay. 
because you're going to be going on to the next age. Okay. And you're going to be a part of that, uh, you know, spiritual embodiment and, and you're going to be at complete rest. You're not going to be tormented by the pain and sufferings that we all experience. And trust me, like Melissa talked about those testimonies in Chicago, those were huge witnesses on the things that people are going through in the body. I mean, people are losing family members, they're getting cancers, they're having, you know, tragedy accidents. There's all these witnesses that we go through. And I have witnesses within my life. You know, I should have been dead three times, you know, according to medical professionals. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm here for a purpose. And Yashua is continuously utilizing uh, my vessel you know, for a purpose. And uh, there's still things that I absolutely have to learn and understand. And, and it's a growth process. Okay. Um, but with the state of the condition of these two men, I'd rather be Lazarus every time than that rich man, because <laughs> there's nothing that's going to be worth it in the end. Um, if your soul is in jeopardy. Do you have uh, in Matthew that scripture? Yeah. Okay. 1626, right? Yeah, uh, you can probably actually start it. Why don't we get the train of thought in uh, 20, uh, 24 and then. Matthew 1624. Then said Yahshua unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profiteth if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or that's what question? That is a great question. Okay. And that's the Messiah talking here. This is red letter edition. Okay. Uh, you know, what are you going to profit? If, if you gain the entire world, you can gain every earthly, richly thing on this planet. Good for you. But if you have to lose your soul over it, you know, what have you gained? Go, go ahead and they'll say that next. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you put a price tag for your soul? You, you can't even put a, you can't even put a, you know, a cost on it. And you don't have the ability to do that. And, you know, these are two really great questions. Okay, go on. 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. And you know what? That's what, that's what Yahshua is doing. Okay? He, he is... The uh, two speakers both alluded to this, that we got to be diligent and, you know, instead of uh, questioning, you know, some of the things that we're going through, you know, get some witnesses um, that is going to help strengthen us and, and allow us to persevere through this, this physical creation in our lifetimes, because we're all, we're all experiencing things. We're all hurting. We all have our own uh, circumstances we're dealing with. Okay. 
But here, the reward that we are going to receive, okay, Yahshua is going uh, to, to reward us, um, you know, by the things that he's, you know, uh, seeing us standing up for the truth, for instance, okay? You know, he's not going to be upset with you for, for standing up to the truth and saying, you know what, I know my creator has a name, and uh, I don't care that the Bible, you know, the majority of the Bibles that you pick up, uh, they don't have the correct uh, interpretation or translations in, in these, uh, these Bibles, you know, I'm going to use what he has given me as witnesses, okay, and know that his name is important. It's a memorial unto all generations, our first classes that we attend, you know, we get in Exodus, how uh, 315, how it's a memorial unto all generations, and it's extremely important, and we're going to use that. And then we get an Acts, you know, the fourth chapter, uh, 4 and 12, and it talks about how there is no other name, you know, among heaven, um, whereby, you know, we, we must be saved, or whereby we can be saved, I think it says, okay? Um, we have to have, okay, that recognition and we have to come to that same conclusion. And in this school, we do have the love of the truth. We have the love of the creator's name and our savior's name. And, and that's why we use it. And those are the things that we stand up for. And we come down to class. Um, you know, I've been talking with different people outside of class about this, that, um, you know, we're, I'm not coming down because this is a popularity you know, contest. I'm coming down because I want to support the truth and I want to support the the body as a whole and on what we are, are preaching and teaching, which which Yahshua is doing through us and causing and directing our steps and and allowing us to uh you know give witnesses, you know, Yahshua's giving witnesses uh to other individuals that come in contact with this teaching. I mean, that is what this is all about. And, you know, standing up for the truth. And those are the works or those are the things that Yahshua is doing through us and causing us to, you know, we're going to be rewarded for that. And not that you can position yourself like in Christianity prior to coming down here. You know, I used to believe that, well, you can just give your heart to Jesus. Well, if you're giving your heart to Jesus, for instance, who has possession or control of the matter? You're you got it backwards. It's the Messiah that has control over the situation, or the Creator that created you, right? We get we can get the scripture. We don't have to uh, the Potter and the clay, for instance. You know uh, that in that circumstance. Yahweh can mold his creation into whatever he wants, you know, using that same analogy with the potter and the clay. He can mold whatever he wants. And, and you know, that clay maker has the control in his creation. And, and uh, it's not the other way around. You don't have the position to invite or be a part of the body. You have to be invited to be a part of the body. That's that's the truth of the matter.
Okay, and finish that uh, verse 28 then, please. 28, verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Okay, and, and, and that's beautiful. We're not going to experience, you know, that death if, if you're a son. You know, you're going to die, um, you know, you're not going to die a second death. Okay, from a physical uh, standpoint, or from a spiritual, excuse me, yes, misspoke, from a spiritual standpoint, you're going to, um, you're going to go on, you're going to go living on, um, you know, in the ages to come. That's where you want your soul to be uh, positioned or or a part of. You want to be a part of the body, like, like, um, Melissa said, she doesn't care if she's the, what part of the body she is. Okay. And I know in Matthew, um, it talks about, you know, I believe it talks about how it, it doesn't matter, you know, what part you are of the body, you know, um, does the arm not rely on, you know, the hand or, or whatever it says in there, you know, as long as you're a part of the body, that's all that matters. Okay, and that's by grace, like we got in Ephesians. Um, can we get trying to think of some other things she was talking about? Also, um, could we get um, Second Thessalonians um, three, one, and five, please? And then also Ephesians 1.15. Second Thessalonians 3 and what? Um, in 1 through 5. Yeah, Second Thessalonians 3 starting where? And 1? Yes, please. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of Yahweh may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all men have faith. But Yahweh is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in Yahshua concerning you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And Yahweh directs your hearts into the love of Yahshua and into the patient waiting for the Messiah. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, that we that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he receiveth of us. Well, I'm sorry, Linda. I just wanted it to verse five. Um, okay, sorry. So, no, that's okay. So here it's talking about, you know, how our faith is going to be established through, uh, you know, through Yahshua. And he's going to keep us from, you know, from the evil things of this world, which is really Satan in his host, okay? That, that again, wants your soul, but he he can't do anything with it because you're, you know, Yahshua has that hedge around you. And the confidence that we have is because he is coming in contact with each and every one of us and showing us or revealing you know, something to us that's very precious and important. This gospel is precious to us. 
if you see any part of it, of the purpose, pattern, plan, uh, you know, um, you are forever grateful of that. And you'll go to great lengths to stand up for this truth. And you don't have to worry about, you know, what am I going to say when I get up? Or what am I going to, you know, if I get called, what am I going to do? You know, it says in verse five, very clear. All right. Because it's not talking about you. It's saying that Yahweh is going to direct your, you know, your hearts. And he's going to give you, um, you know, uh, um, uh, he's going to give you that patience that, that you need. Okay. And you notice how everything that's happening here, it's him doing the work. <laughs> it's not the other way around. Um, and, and to me, that's comforting. Could you get uh, Ephesians next, please? Sorry, I was hitting it and it wouldn't unmute. Ephesians 1.15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in Yahshua the Messiah and love unto all the sons, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Elohim of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. And that's so comforting that he's going to give that to you. You know, when you look at these attributes on this uh, Moses chart, and okay, these attributes that is listed out here, you know, wisdom is one of them. You know, knowledge is another thing that it's talking about here. He's going to give you that. Okay, if you have a revelation or understanding of this teaching, he is giving you something that you need, spiritually so, all right, under this covenant. Go ahead. 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the is calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sons. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And I'll tell you this, he's going to cause you to have a more solidified belief system in him by the things that he's going to put you through, that he's going to cause you to go through. You know, when you go through a trial, like losing your child, and I tell you what, you know, holding her in my arms and watching that last breath go, I mean, there is nothing more humbling than that experience. The, the agonizing emotions and thoughts that, that go in your mind and racing, it is just torturous from a physical standpoint. But I'll tell you what, when you go through a situation like that and you can come out on the other side and say, you know what, even though that that was absolutely horrible experience, I have more love and appreciation of the creator because I saw the pain and suffering that he must have experienced. And, and mine was nothing compared to what he has to do with his creation watching the, the self-destruction that happens in this earth plane and watching 
you know, Satan just going rampant and, and, you know, because he knows he has a short time period. If you pull up the, the agents and dispensations chart, it'll show you that within time, you have the, the second age, third age, and the fourth age. That's all within compass of time, within eternity, just like it shows on this chart. There's eternity listed on the right-hand corner. You know, that cloud all symbol. oh, nice. That cloud all symbolizes that, all right? Everything abides within eternity or within Yahweh, like we get in John or Acts 17 and, and 28, right? And um, but in the next ages to come, it's immortality, okay? Meaning it's going to go on forever. There is going to be no, uh, you know, ending part, you know, portion. It, th this is going to be the day of eternity. You're going to live on forever within this purpose. And there's nothing greater than that experience. And the Savior, he went through a horrific death. Thank you. I see the five minutes, okay? I'll have you continue on. 20. Yep. Which he wrought in Yahshua when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the assembly, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. All right. And then if you want to get me the covenants chart. Um, on, on that chart. You're going to see that there is um, this, the Savior is on the cross. Thank you. And it says the Old Testament is fulfilled. Okay. And then it's pointing to the Savior. Okay. Showing you that, you know, he's the one that's going to be the one that's going to deliver you. And Melissa talked about how he was the door and you have keys, the law and the prophets. That's, what, that's what's going to unlock you or give you access to him. You're going to be able to open that door, unlock those that hidden mystery. Okay. Cause you know, this book is laid up in, in a great mystery, but once Yahshua, you know, reveals this to you of his purpose. Okay. You can be in that new Testament or that new covenant and he's going to come right within you, all right? Like it talks about in um, Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. He's going to give you that new heart. He's going to be that new mind that you need. And he's going to allow you to be translated into that spiritual kingdom, okay? He's going to be your intercession like it shows on that um, heart. He's going to, you know, uh, you know, He's already done the sacrifice for you. He's circumcising. He's cutting away. He's he's causing you um, to go through that transformation process. And it's a growth process for sure. But once you're a part of that body, there's nothing more rewarding than that. And that's why I continuously come down to this class and continuously, uh, you know, stress the importance of being here. My presence alone, if I never get up again, 
at any lecture, that would be a statement in itself because, you know, me just coming down to class and sitting down and, and you know, being there shows something of significance and importance because of my presence there that I do spend my time and energy and to be a part of this body. And to me, that's important. And all praise and glory goes on to Yahshua. We're on to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Maloney. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Diane Emler from our Oceanside, California class. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. I have uh, thoroughly um, been edified uh, by tonight's class. Uh, it's um, a testimony by uh, Greg and Melissa uh, and by Sharon um, that there are many uh, trials, many hardships, uh, many situations uh, that all of us go through um, during our tenure in this class. Uh, and uh, things that happen to us uh, are also common unto mankind. So that even though we've been given the unbelievable privilege of knowing Yahweh, uh, that does not mean uh, that we will no longer have troubles. We will no longer have hardships. And in fact, uh, when uh, Moses went down into Egypt and delivered uh, the name of Yahweh unto the Israelites, um, and then went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh to uh, that Yahweh wanted Pharaoh to let his son go uh, so that they could worship him uh, at that Mount Sinai. Um, life got harder for the Israelites. Uh, they were told to uh, make brick and no longer would straw be provided. They had to go out and get their own straw uh, to make brick and were expected to uh, uh, make the same quantity of bricks uh 
then even uh, the same quantity as when the straw was provided for them. So life got harder. And the first three plagues that were poured out on Egypt, uh, the children of Israel endured those plagues as well as the Egyptians. Uh, but then the last seven, they were spared from. And I just wanted to say that uh, the hardships that we do endure in this class uh, Sometimes you never have an answer to your question, why? And because the answers are innumerable. Um, why a child dies, uh, if they had lived, you don't know what life may have been. You don't know the hardships perhaps that child would have to endure. Um, you just don't know. Uh, you never know uh, for sure the physical reasons why. But you can definitely know why after the spirit. And whatever we are put through in this flesh, whatever, um, boy, I, I keep saying hardships, and sometimes it feels like a lot more than hardships. But uh, whatever loss, whatever pain, uh, whatever confusion uh, that you endure, when you survive those things and come out on the other side, you are beyond a shadow of a doubt going to be stronger. You will have had strength tested in you. And when you see that strength, you never knew you had it. But when it's done, now you know it's there. Because there'll be the next thing. There always is a next thing. There always is, because that's what this life is about. We're always learning. And he's teaching us what is within us. And the power of that Holy Spirit. And when 
uh, before Yahshua left uh, the uh, disciples um, at his ascension, he told them to tarry there in Jerusalem until they received power from on high. And that power that they received was that Holy Spirit. And it is that same power that he has given us. And it is that power which will allow you to endure unto the end. Because in the end, and as we're fast approaching to the end, in the end, you're going to need, let me just put it this way, Dr. Kinley told everybody, to come to class, come to class as much as you can. And some people think, well, that's a law that I have to come to class. And that's the old covenant. How dare you put a law on me that I have to come to class? There are certain factions in the IDMR that um, are so strict about attending three classes a week that even if you're in a different city, you're supposed to find the nearest class so you get your full amount of three classes a week in. But it's not a law to for the sake of a law, he wanted each and every one of us to be at every class that we could because he said we're going to need it. It wasn't for the sake of a law. It was through love that at the end, there will be things to endure. And Melissa and Greg, you are going through enduring the death of your daughter. But to endure unto the end, you're going to need every little bit of faith and hope and witnesses to cause you to stand strong. Because if everything else melts away, you still can't deny that his name is Yahweh and that you breathe that name. If everything else melts away, you still can't deny that that tabernacle pattern, the pattern of himself, It's the pattern of all things. It's how your body was put together. It's how the creation was put together. 
And all of that is your strength that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you can't walk away from, you can't abandon it because you can't deny it. And even if you think you've fallen short, you can't deny his witnesses and that he's shown them to you. So Dr. Kinley, before his death, told us to get our house in order. See, he also said that we ought to love one another. He also said we would be not too long behind him. You're not far behind me. And then a carnal mind will click into action and say, yeah, it's been, I don't know, 30, 30, 45 years or something, 45 years years since he took off the flesh. That seems like a long time. Well, you throw your 45 years up against eternity, and then you tell me how long that is. And any extra time we're given is for our benefit, not for his, but for ours. And so we are being made stronger every day that we exist. And rest will come. Rest will come at the universal revelation or by your own death. But rest will come. And while we're here, we need to fight on. We're in a war. We're in a war right now with people who do not want us to preach to the whole world. They want to stop any preaching through YouTube or any other uh, um, source. over the internet. They don't want us to preach. They try to shut us down. They try to convince us that the name of the founder, Henry Clifford Kinley, is as important as the name of Yahshua, which it is not. And he directly told us told us that you cannot get saved in the name of H.C. Kinley. He told us that directly more than once. And yet they're trying to push it again. We're in a war against these things. We're in the war against those who want to complicate the issue of our basic understanding. There are things that we we have been taught from the beginning that Yahweh is your father, the word or son is Elohim, 
And that Holy Spirit is Yahshua the Messiah. Now people want to confuse that and complicate that and make you wonder. He said that these three are one. And then suddenly they say with their words that it's one and then explain that it's two or it's three individuals. Listen, Yahweh is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. Elohim is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. It's written right on your chart. Yahshua is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. The only difference is the difference is if you have H2O, it's H2O in vapor, liquid, or solid. It has a different name, vapor or steam, water, and ice, because when I want a glass of water, I specify water and you don't bring me a glass of steam. That's not what I want. I want water. But they're all the same. Given time, they will change state. And yet people want to make it confusing. It's not any more confusing than the first day you heard it. These three are one. Moses, uh, 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 um, go over and get uh, Deuteronomy uh, 4, I believe. And then I'd like to get back over to Ephesians 2. Uh, so somebody just keep a finger there. Deuteronomy starting at 4.1. Uh, no, is it four or six, especially the day? Four and twelve. Four and twelve. Uh, pick it up. Hang on a second. Thanks, Sasha. Uh, pick it up at, uh, four and ten. And Deuteronomy is the second telling of the law by Moses before he died. So go ahead and read, whoever has it. Deuteronomy 4.10. Especially the day that thou stoodest before Yahweh thy Elohim in Horeb, when Yahweh Elohim said unto me, gather me the, gather me the people together and I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth and that they may teach their children. And he, he's talking and he came about, here and, hang on, he, he, sorry. There's this delay in just to explain the people uh, yeah, that I know, are used to it. <laughs> um, there, this is talking about uh, uh, when the children of Israel came up out of Egypt and they were told to clean up for three days and gather at the base of Mount Sinai, and that they heard a voice from heaven. And people want to do, if you're sitting in this room, 
and you have dedicated your life to this gospel, to Yahshua, there's only one way you do that. And that's if you have heard a voice from heaven. That when you sat in that room, whoever was on the floor, didn't make any difference who it was. But when you heard the words, it hit you that this wasn't made up by a man. It hit you that what you were hearing was divine. What hit you was that you were hearing a voice from heaven. And that's what allows you to sit in the seat year after year through all kinds of trials and tribulations and disappointments. Because along with that, there's a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of gratifying understanding, a whole lot of celebration when someone else hears that same voice. Yeah, it's sad a lot, but you know, it's really happy a lot as well. So remember, Hearing that voice is what allows you to stay. See? Now, Israel came and stood at the base of that mountain. And they heard that voice from heaven. Yahweh Elohim, the word of Yahweh, spoke to them. Go ahead, Linda. Pick it up at 11. And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. Go on. And Yahweh Elohim spoke unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. So here down at the base of this mountain, they heard a voice but they saw no similitude. What does similitude mean? It means a shape, right? A form. Similitude means they didn't see, did not see a shape and a form, but they heard a voice. See? Go ahead and read. 13. And he... And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And Yahweh, El and Yahweh Elohim commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and ordinances that ye might do them in the land which ye go over to possess. Okay, read down to 18. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that Yahweh Elohim spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. 
lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a carved image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, and the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. Um, and if you keep reading, I'm going to cut her off there. The reason why you shouldn't do make any of those graven images is because you didn't see anything. So at the base of the mountain, they didn't see anything. So don't make an image of every anything, heaven and earth and under the earth and in the water, male or female, just don't do it. Because if you have never heard the voice, if you never saw that similitude, did not see the shape and form, then how can you make an image? And you've got the whole world out here. It, let's just pick on the Roman Catholic Church who actually took the commandment away that said, don't make any graven images. They took, they wrote it right out. I don't, you go and check it. They took it out. Why? Because that's all they've got is images and statues and icons and all kinds of things to God and uh, uh, the, the Sistine Chapel and icons of Mary and the saints. And I mean, it goes on and on and on the different images of saints and all of them. And they worship them. And don't tell me they don't worship Mary. They most certainly do worship and pray to Mary before they'll even approach Yahshua. And he's saying, if you do that, it's coming from your own imagination, your thoughts, your theories, your concept. And that's what an imagination is, an image. And so don't do that. Because you never saw anything. All right, go to uh, 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 24, 9 and 10 of Exodus. Do you have it, Andrea? Exodus yeah, Oh, go ahead. Can you hear my smoke detector? No. Okay, hold on. I'm flipping over Exodus 24, 9 and 10. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. Keep and there was... Her. And there well, was... Go ahead. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone. And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. Okay, we'll stay right there. Thank you. I see the five minutes. 
Um, so the people at the bottom of the mountain didn't see any shape and form, although they heard a voice. And then you've got Aaron, Nadab, and Abayu and 70 elders of Israel at the middle of the mountain. They looked up, and that's what Andrew was reading, that they saw the Elohim of Israel. and had hands, feet, and a body, but a body of heaven in his clearness or glory. This was not a flesh and blood body, all right? This was a heavenly body, and that's what they saw. And Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai, and he received a divine vision where Yahweh showed him the entire creation coming in by that pattern of Yahweh Elohim. That is that shape and form understood initially by us with that tabernacle uh, pattern. And the whole creation came in uh, 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 according to that tabernacle pattern and also functions by that pattern and history functions by that pattern. So here's the point. You had Israel at the base of Mount Sinai, they heard a voice, but they saw no shape and form. All they saw on top of Mount Sinai was the fire from that cloud. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu and 70 elders, they got to the midpoint of the mount, and what they saw was that shape and form. And Moses went on top of that mountain, and they he saw that shape and form and had a conversation and saw that shape and form create and to mold and how it functioned. Now, the question is, are there three gods on top of that mountain? There is but one. The voice that spake to them, but they couldn't see it. The 73 who saw the shape, but did not understand it. Moses, who went up on top of that mountain and understood and witnessed how it worked. So there's not three different gods, abstract, intermediate, and concrete, but one. But depending on where you are on that mountain will depend what you see. The world's at the base of the mountain, and they didn't even hear his voice let alone see a shape. It's Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, and Yahshua, abstract, intermediate, and concrete. There's only one. But your understanding will change and become closer and more detailed and more accurate and more able to understand the purpose and plan of Yahweh. So we didn't get back over 
uh, there to Colossians or Galatians. So um, I'm going to, I'm out of time and I'm just going to hand it back to the moderator and thank you so much for the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Emler. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today in our Zoom class. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.